Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Okay, friend, I have a question for you. Does your parenting look like you expected it to? Did you think it would be easier? Did you think it would be harder? Did you expect to have the number of kids that you do? Well, I have to tell you, I never expected to have 10 kids. Actually, if you include the ones that call us mom and dad, we have 12 kids, although two of them aren't officially adopted. But we have a house full of kids all the time. I never expected to have special needs kids. I never expected to have kids with autoimmune disease or a child with autoimmune disease. I never expected so many things. I never expected kids with anger issues. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote Calming Angry Kids. Because even though I had raised three biological children, there was so much I needed to learn. So much I needed to change about my parenting. Well, today we're going to be talking about studying our kids, learning about them, learning what they need. And my guest today is Carla Marie Williams. She is a mom of six, and you'll hear more about her speaking and her writing and her being a mom and learning what it was like to parent kids with some challenges. Like me, Carla is an adoptive mom, and you're going to hear about how she and her husband came to adopt six kids. I love Carla so much. I love her joy for her family, her joy for the Lord, and her excitement about helping people. I know I always turn to her when I have questions or need advice. Um, she is one of my online friends that really gives me a lot of support because she knows where I'm coming from. So I know you will just enjoy today's episode with Carla Marie Williams. Well, this is super fun to have these special episodes of Walk It Out centered around my new book, Calming Angry Kids. And so many times I get questions from people that have um, different issues with anger and want to have help. And instead of me just answering all of these questions and giving advice and sharing what I've learned, I love bringing in guests that can share kind of their experiences. Um, And I always find myself learning in the process too. And uh, one of my guests today, or my guest today, is Carla Marie Williams. And I'm going to have her share about her, but I just love this woman so much. I follow her online and I'm pretty sure I like all her posts because she's just doing amazing things. So welcome, Carla. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Now, I don't even know how we connected online. I don't know who found who first, but I'm like, she's so much like me. You know, actually, we were both on Toginet, a online Is that radio what station it was? at the same okay. time in 2011-12. Okay, that's what it was. And I'm like, I don't know how I found her, but I love her. (laughs) The feeling is mutual. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't you just start by just sharing a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay, well, wow. Um, I'll give you the abbreviated version. 
But um, my husband and I had been uh, trying to start a family for a very long time. We were married about eight years. And um, eventually we just decided that we wanted to be parents more than we wanted to be pregnant. And so we decided that, um, that adoption was for us. And um, it, it took a while to decide, you know, really how to go about doing things. But we chose foster care and or foster to adopt program. And in 2006, within a six month period, we adopted two toddlers and an infant. So after having no kids at all for eight years and it just being us, we had parental boot camp, so to speak. And um, so, yeah, that was fun. There were three, two and two months. Wow. That's crazy. It was crazy. It was insane. And to be honest with you, we knew absolutely nothing about trauma. We knew nothing about the needs of children that had experienced trauma or that were in the foster care system. We knew nothing. And so we went about parenting and doing things that we were taught, you know, parenting how our parents parented us or what the books told us to do a lot of times. And um, and it just wasn't <laughs> wasn't exactly what our children needed. Um, and so I began, you know, to do my research and educate myself and share information with my husband about trauma. And, um how parenting needs to look different for children that have experienced um, so many horrific things. And uh, so that kind of began my journey as far as being an advocate for children, both in foster care and around the world. Um, And then uh, in 2013, we brought home three more children through a foster to adopt program and they were six, five and three. And so at that time, we had six kids under 10 or under nine, I believe. So that was really something. (laughs) You can imagine, you know, and everybody's asking, when are the next three coming? We're like, okay, well, (laughs) God hasn't said anything. But um, and so we've just learned so much when it comes to um, the needs of individual needs of children and how they how they respond to their experiences in such vastly different ways and how a one size fits all parenting book I mean I could burn all the books you know because none of them had anything that had anything to do with what my kids needed um as far as uh trauma competent parenting and um And so, you know, I began to learn a lot, unfortunately, through trial and error. And it's kind (laughs) of which, you know, um, but we we just began to learn and pray and ask God how to handle each and every one of our children um, in a way that would not uh, add to the trauma they've experienced, but guide them toward healing. And that, you know, been my prayer. Uh, my children now are almost 16, uh, almost 15, 12, 11, 10, and 9. And so, um, you know, they're older now. And the effects of the trauma that they experienced very early in life still affects them. These are things that still come up that are still triggered. And we just have trained ourselves to be able to 
walk with them and love them through it. And to remember that we're the adult. <laughs> and, and sometimes that's hard in the heat of the moment, you know, to remember that you're the adult and you have to um, share your calm or bring the calm to a situation. So, so many things that we've learned. Yeah. So I want to go back to what you first said, talking about uh, bringing home little ones. Um, you know, I think so many people think, okay, um, I'll adopt, but I'll just adopt little ones because <laughs> then I'll have a clean slate and we won't have any problems. Um, what were maybe some of the issues that you discovered? And then how did you, you know, for your unique children, find ways to help them instead of like what the parenting books were saying to do. Right. <laughs> right. Because, you know, back in the day <laughs> when I first became a parent, probably before that, time out was the big thing, you know, for little ones. And oh my goodness, I'll tell you a short story here. One of my sons, he's uh, part of subgroup B, I call him, <laughs> the, the, the younger three, um, when he came home, he was so angry. He was oh, so angry. And he had been through so much. And we didn't know how to help him. And none of my other children had experienced this type of anger. And so it was kind of traumatizing to all of us. We were all experiencing this kind of rage for the first time. And so it, it kind of really disrupted the fabric of the family and we recognized that we were perpetuating it. And what I have learned more than anything else is that sometimes we have to change more than the kid has to change. Our response to their trauma is just as important, if not more important than their response. And it, it just really hit me. Um, we used to send him to his room to, you know, deal with his anger. It sounds crazy now that I know better, but we would send him to his room and the walls show his anger. Um, it's just so much anger and so much rage. And the sweetest little boy you will ever meet, he is just darling. And, but when, when you said no, or someone did something that he didn't like, he became a completely different person. And in order to control the environment. We did what a parenting book naturally would tell us, some parenting books, not all, um, which is, you know, put them in time out or send them away to gather themselves and they can come back and join the group, that kind of thing. So that's what we did. And we realized we were making it worse. We were making him feel even more abandoned and unheard. And these rage moments would last about 45 minutes, sometimes an hour and a half. And it was exhausting for everyone. It was traumatizing for everyone. And when we finally said, wait a second, there's something we're not doing right here. We began doing time in, you know, or for lack of, you know, naming it, we just began drawing close or sitting with him through that anger. and we went from an hour and a half to five minutes and it wasn't a process. And that doesn't mean every child is going to drastically see that kind of, you know, result, but it was so drastic that it blew our mind within a five minute period. He would cry or he would pout. We rarely, he rarely screams. Um, he's rarely violent. Um, 
he would just shed some tears. We'd have a conversation. He'd curl up next to one of us, give us a hug and run off and go play. And that that's where we are today. But we it took us doing something different in order for him to respond differently. Yeah, that is so good. I love the time in. I mean, I think that's something any parent can do. And we think, I think that's the way we were raised. Like, go to your room, think Mm -hmm. about your choices. Right, exactly. But I I found, like, uh, one thing that helps me, which is so similar, is kind of naming their emotion. And and so um, one of my kids will be slamming around, you know, the kitchen. I'll say, you're mad or you're angry. Yes, I'm angry well, what are you angry about? And then, well, and then they'll tell me um, where before I'd be like, stop slamming the stuff around, go to your, you know, or whatever, but just labeling it and just saying, I see that you're angry right now. And then they, of course, they, if you ask, they'll want to tell you why they're angry, but just like, it almost is like, oh, my mom can see I'm angry. And then I, ha- I have freedom to talk about it. Like it just gives them, like he's talking about being seen and being heard. Well, obviously I could see it, but let me tell you, I see it and I know something's going on. So tell me about it. Um, I care. Just, yeah, I care about you. I can see that something's going on. Instead of saying like before, I'd say, stop slamming that. Stop doing that. Calm down. You know what I mean? It's, they still don't feel like you care because you're just directing them. <laughs> um, and so that I think it's, I love. And, and there's some of our kids, especially um, the younger, some of our younger ones, when they're just really angry, I'll just say, come here. And at first they're like, no, but the same thing, just sit on my lap, sit next to me. And you they almost like melts. Like, yes. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe place. Yeah. I, I noticed that the same thing works for littles and older kids. Mm-hmm. But sometimes our teens need time in more than anything, because a lot of times, even if they reign in their anger where it's not outward expression, it's boiling inside and it's building. And you can kind of thwart that if you pull them closer, you know, and give them an opportunity to share their emotions and their thoughts or help them put words to to how they're feeling. Um, like you said, naming the emotion. Um, I found that that, has, that it happens. It works just as well with my teenagers as it does as my to my for my younger children. Yeah. And they might not, you know. I mean, sometimes they're like, come here. And they're like, definitely don't want to come sit on my lap. I mean, they're a teenager. They're too cool for that. Um, and sometimes I just approach them and, you know, sit there and, and not even, I think sometimes, you know, giving them a chance to calm down. And sometimes I'll just sit by them and like, I'm, you know, that they know I'm here when you're ready to talk, <laughs> you know, that I'm here for you instead of, I think so many times we're so quick to like trying to figure out what discipline is going to teach them to do better next time or something that we don't really understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that uh, the words sorry go a million miles with my teenagers. Just admitting that, you know what, mom screwed up. I should not have handled it that way. I could have been gentler in the way that I handled that situation or, you know, I spoke before I had all my facts or whatever the case is, I have found that simply saying I'm sorry opens up so many doors for any age kid. Um, so that's been helpful. Oh, okay. So we got two great things so far. Time in, saying our, <laughs> we're sorry. Um, 
as you're going through, what are some other tools that you learned um, that really just made a difference in your family? Um, one for me is dealing with my own trauma. I have things built up in me that I didn't know that I had until I became a parent. And <laughs> and my response and my triggers sometimes toward their behavior, you know, some you, you know, and I hate to admit this, I'm a minister of the gospel, but, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm the adult <laughs> and that, you know, I have to get this thing together, <laughs> um, you know, and none of us are perfect, but we're trying to be perfected, so to speak, and do it better next time. Um, but just dealing with my own junk, so to speak. Um, the stuff that I have built up and maybe even, you know, childhood trigger triggers, or it can be, um, it can be any other kind of trigger. It can be pressure on a job or, um, it can be financial, you know, things of that nature where something that they do may have nothing to do with what I'm dealing with, but because of what I'm dealing with, I lash out or I handle a situation, you know, um, more abruptly or harsh you know, more harshly than I should. And, um, and so I'm just learning every day is, is a learning, um, thing. And I have to give myself grace. My husband says that I'm really hard on myself. So whenever something goes wrong with anything, I always go to myself and blame myself for it. So I just try to give myself grace and say, you know what, we're going to do better next time. How can we make this right now that we've made, did something, you know, that we're not proud of. Yeah, that's um, really good. And, you know, just make it right and and be determined to do something different next time so that you can keep that connection. Um, I don't like it when my connection with any of my children, um, the walls are built up or the connection is broken and I can do something about it. Now, they may not do something about it themselves. And I have to remember they're kids and they're learning from me how to handle their emotions. They're watching me. Um, and so I have to be the one to <laughs> put on the big girl panties, so to speak, and say, you know, I was wrong. Um, or how can we handle this? Or, you know, go to them. And that's especially hard when we feel like, like you mentioned what something's triggered us. Um, and I think you mentioned just being aware of, okay, whether it's finances or whatever, these are the things that are going to get me upset. <laughs> so let me just be aware yeah. of it. So for me, um, we're recording this on a Friday. It'll air on a Friday too. But um, one of the things that uh, triggers me are Friday mornings um, because, you know, we've been homeschooling all week. Um, stuff piles up on Thursday nights. I do my teen mom support group. So I'm gone from the house till late. And so, you know, I don't have my normal clean up the house time before bed. And so by Friday morning, the house is just, there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> there's sticky food on the table. Like it's just piled up. And I remember I would just be so angry on Fridays. I'm like, we need to clean up this place. Don't you guys care? You know, and I, and people are like, why are you so mean today? And I realized it was Friday because it was a huge mess. So I could either do one of two things. I could either say, okay, we're going to have a cleanup time, you know, 30 minutes on a Friday morning before we start our school day. 
Um, or I could just ignore it and deal with it later. But you know what I mean? Just being aware of like, it's Friday. I'll probably be upset about this. I could either, you know, choose to everyone, we could work together or just ignore it for the morning and deal with it, you know, later. But just being aware of it just was like, okay, I know I normally will get angry at this, but I'm not today. And I think just being aware of those things that trigger you really make a huge difference. They really do. And you know what's interesting? Um, I've had... Each of my children deal with anger differently. And that's why I love your book, because it has so many different um, aspects and things to think about. I just I think so many families are going to be blessed and changed by the oh, information. Thank you. I really do, because it's just it's needed. People need real answers. They need raw examples. They don't need a your children will be perfect in 25 steps book. <laughs> they need to know that, you know, things can be okay and things can work out and it doesn't always have to be this way and that you can move forward and the healing can take place. Um, but one of my sons, my oldest son, I think between he's, he's almost 15 now between the ages of like 11 and 13 and a half, almost 14. Wow. He, I, I, I swore he hated me. Mm. I, I swore that he just thought I was just, you know, I can't even explain it. Our relationship went through so much. Um, and it was just so hurtful and I couldn't quite figure it out. And one day I said to him, I said, sweetheart, I am not her. And he broke. And I recognized and he recognized at that moment that he was so angry with his first mom. And that's what I represented. And that was a it doesn't mean everything got perfect after that. It doesn't mean that he's not a teen boy <laughs> today. But our relationship is so much better. And I can reach him and I can talk to him and I can embrace him and he can embrace me and we can have that special thing, you know, but I thought that I had lost and it was so painful to think that I would, you know, that the rest of our lives together would, would be um, contentious. That was a concern of mine and we've made it through that. And I think sometimes it's just addressing the hard stuff. Sometimes it's so hard that we don't want to bring it up. We don't want to ruffle feathers. But sometimes things get worse before they get better. Because you have to bring up all of that stuff. They usually say when your child is in therapy, um, hold on and, you know, relax a little bit and expect things because you're, you're kind of turning over the earth. Unveiling some really sticky, scary stuff. And so, you know, things aren't going to be perfect right away. Just give it some time. Um, and that's kind of what it's like. It, it can change. It can get better. You will see healing take place in your life and in your children's life. It just takes time. Yeah. And I love how you said, you know, I'm not her. And then you're, first of all, you're acknowledging that he's been hurt. Um, and I think so many times our kids just want us to know that. And you know, for me to have compassion, say, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Or, you know, it's not fair 
that, you know, you had to be move around or you were in foster care or, you know, all those things. And I think just giving compassion and empathy to our kids really goes a long way with them. You know, it's funny, too, because I think that my I have two daughters. You have a lot more daughters than I do. <laughs> I had two daughters, four boys. Um, in my relationship with my daughters, they both remind me so much of myself. And we can really butt heads. And I have to remind myself, that is you in the flesh. You know, you pray that you want them to be strong and you want them to be confident women and you want them to to be bold and to speak up, but not when you're parenting them. <laughs> I want you to do that after you leave the house. <laughs> yeah. But that's who they are today. And I have to remember that. And that's who I was as a child. And that's who I am today. And um, I have to let them be who they are. And a lot of times their anger would be in my response to who they naturally are. And, and you know, some things were not trauma related at all. Sometimes it's the way that I am approaching the relationship or approaching a situation that as, you know, the Bible tells us not to uh, provoke our children. A lot of times I feel like uh, as parents, we can be provoking both behavior, anger, and, um, you know, a way our our child uh, responds in a situation. So my greatest lesson of all is changing me, letting God change me. Um, And then as I have changed, as I have grown in compassion and love and empathy for my children, for their experiences, for who they are, who God created them to be, that um, our relationship has changed. And it allows me an inroad to be able to, to talk and help them through hard times. Um, because I, I tore down my walls and my expectations. I love that so much. And I think I love how um, instead of just saying, okay, I need to fix these kids, <laughs> you will say, okay, I think God has some things that I need to change in me and in my heart. And I think that's definitely where we all need to be, um, whether we have foster, adopted, any parenting role. Um, I think God wants to work in us. And another thing I love about um, you is, you know, you took what you learned from your own parenting experiences, and now you're impacting families all over the world. Do you want to share a little bit about what you're doing there? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm not a social worker. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist. I am just a mom with a really big mouth <laughs> um, that, that thinks that kids are amazing and that and that they should all have a chance for a great life and a family. And um, so I, I started just, you know, I started with a radio program on TokiNet. And um, that's where I began. And from there, we went to uh, doing, um, you know, in our region, doing conferences and trainings and things of that nature on trauma competent uh, parenting and care for kids. Um, behavior specific, you know, how to care for kids that have been um, violated, how to care for kids that have been abused or neglected or dealing with food challenges and um, all those kinds of things, uh, alternative ways of, uh, of discipline. But uh, from there, 
then I began, you know, doing things around the country and that led to me going to other countries. And so far in the last, let's say four and a half years, we've been to eight countries. And um, of those eight, uh, a few of those I was attending, you know, conferences, but of those eight, six of those I have um, done trainings in uh, countries that are trying to transition from an institutional model to family-based model. So these are uh, people that in most of the countries do not even have a word for foster care or adoption in their language. Um, so it's an entire sentence to describe what this actually is. Um, and going into these communities and these villages where people consider it a curse to care for children that aren't related to you by blood, breaking down those walls and teaching them how to um, compassionately care for children that have been through some of the worst things you can imagine. And um, I've done that in several countries in Africa, Latin America, and all over the U.S. And, um, and so it's just been amazing to see that parents are parents, no matter where they are. Children are children, no matter where they are. Trauma is trauma, <laughs> whether it's here in Thailand or in Malawi. Um, the stories remain the same. And um, that allows me to connect more than anything. Um, and so I do connect with the parents, but I also do uh, training for social workers and for uh, clergy and anyone that is uh, involved in the process of transitioning kids out of institutions and into family-based models and programs. Yeah. And how amazing. Have you ever been there and like, God, how amazing that you got me here. I mean, I think sometimes when I've been in Africa or other places, you know, I'm thinking, like, and like you said, kids are kids, families are families. And to, to know that you get to be a part of that and to impact people, it's just, I, I love it. You know, and I have. I've been on, you know, 18-hour flight. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how did I get here? How did I get here? You know, and people always ask me, are you a doctor? Are you... No, my background is business and banking and human resources. <laughs> I just am passionate about what I do. And really, it was my children who brought the passion out of me and caused me to pursue, you know, doing this, um, seeing that they had been through so much and that we were ill prepared. And I kept meeting, meeting lots of other parents that were ill-prepared, where they were adopting from um, other countries or adopting from foster care, that they just were not prepared to care for the children the way that they needed to be cared for. And they assumed, because they had biological children, that it would be the same. Um, and a lot of families were blindsided. And I thought to myself, the numbers of, um, of adoptions or disruptions were going up. And I thought to myself, this is because people are not being prepared or properly educated on how to do this, that this thing is being romanticized. People are made to feel like that, that every family is required to do this if they're a Christian. And um, there's many ways to uh, to benefit, you know, uh, foster care and orphan care and um, those types of programs. I mean, it doesn't always mean that every single Christian needs to adopt. Um, so 
I don't want to go off topic, but I really, I just became passionate about it as a result of my children and knowing that there are lots of children whose lives would be impacted if their families were prepared to care for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, rem- it reminds me of one of my daughters when I was working on, um, just had just turned in my book, Calming Angry Kids. And she goes, you're welcome. And I'm like, what? <laughs> if I wasn't angry, you wouldn't have a book to write. <laughs> and we laugh. That's hilarious. Yeah. We laugh about that, but it's so true. And I think sometimes you know, in the middle of it, we're like, God, why? You know, Why does it have to be so hard? Um, and I really feel with you and, you know, and through what he's able to do, change in me and change in my heart, he's saying there's other families that need hope. And so you get to be the first one to deal with all these issues yes. so that you can <laughs> go and help them. Yeah, it's funny. I have, you know, I have one friend that gets it, you know, as far as, um, you know, just the details that I and that I can share. And, uh, and that's one thing that she always says. She says, well, that's just one more thing you can help families with. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, do I have to deal with all of it so I can help families with all of it? I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think, I think the same thing every day. I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, well, I want to mention one more thing, uh, before we wrap it up, but you have a new book. Um, called Homeschool Gone Wild. I am so excited about it. Just released. So tell us a little bit more about that too. Okay. Well, this book, um, kind of like your daughter mentioned, my oldest daughter sparked our homeschool journey and then it became a family affair, but it was her initially that we felt we needed to do this for. And uh, so, um, but the book is really about interest-led learning and how we have been able to take our children's natural natural talents and God-given purpose and build a learning environment around those. Um, So each individual kid um, being able to follow their interests and learn at their pace. um, It's just been a blessing to our family for both my children that are considered on the gifted spectrum, some that are considered special needs, um, it just has benefited our entire family to uh, to pursue things like this. And I wanted to share that with the world. Um, I wrote the book for any parent, whether their parent, whether their child is homeschooled, private schooled or public schooled um, that wants to encourage their children's natural talents and, and um, interests. But also. Um, is for homeschoolers that feel stuck, that have been doing this a long time, they're bored stiff, they're burnt out, and they really need something to help um, revive and um, revolutionize their homeschool. And so those are the kinds of ideas and stories and things that I share to inspire families. Um, Again, any parent would benefit from the book homeschoolers as well as those that want to um, add a little interest-led learning in the mix so we're really excited about it and I love that because you know so many times we think okay this is the curriculum for this grade (laughs) but kids are so unique and I know with 10 kids that I've homeschooled uh, none of them have learned to read at the exact same age. None of them have learned to what you know learn all these different things. Like, not, they don't have the same interests. And I love, I love what you're doing. And I love that, um, you know, we can be excited. And and like you, I've had my gifted students that have been super easy. That, you know, my my oldest daughter graduated with her bachelor's at 20, 
And then I have some that are dyslexic that are still struggling to read when they're 10, you know? So, um, and it, it's so important just to, just to know that God created this child and um, that he put those things in it. I think so many times when we first have our kids, we think they're empty vessels and we get to fill them. Well, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> God designed them. And I love how um, you're doing that. So I'm super excited about Homeschool Gone Wild. I know I'm going to get it and read it. And uh, I know our homeschool could always use a little more wild. <laughs> <laughs> Not wild in behavior, but wild right. in adventure. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's that's exactly why I wrote it. So I'm really excited. Um the response both online and uh and at our launch party was was great. And so we look forward to people being blessed by it because that's why we wrote it. Oh, awesome. Well, Carla Marie, I am just so glad that you're here, just what you're doing. Um someday I hope we get connect face to face. I think we would just like not stop talking for eight hours straight <laughs> in the same room. Definitely. But um, for for listeners who would love to find out more about you and your speaking and uh, your books, where can they go to find you online? Okay. Well, I'll tell you first um, about uh, my foster care and adoption um, contact, and they can go to I Speak the Number Four Kids Global dot com. So it's I speak the number four kidsglobal.com. Um, and we're also on Facebook under that name. I speak for kids global. And then they can, they can see all of our work around the world. Um, and uh, if they, you know, they can send emails through that, that uh, particular website and everything. As far as homeschool, we are on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook under unschooling the sensational six. Awesome. And we're going to have, yeah, we're going to have links to all this in the show notes. Yes. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all you're doing. Um, You're my kindred sister for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed every moment of it. Well, have a wonderful day. And I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into all that you're doing. I cannot wait to read Homeschool Gone Wild. Well, thank you. Have a great day. I know you love Carla just as much as I do. Wasn't that great? And if I have one thing to take away, which we talked about so many wonderful things and Carla gave so many wonderful tips, but I think the one thing that I for sure will take away from this is time in. So many times we hear about time out and we need to give consequences. And of course we do. There are times we definitely need to give consequences. But I think so many times when we're dealing with our kids, what they really want is just time with us. They want that attention. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to know that we care. And I think so many times we can help their behavior by just drawing them close. Um, I have one kid, especially when she's having a hard time, usually instead of um, saying, you know, go to your room or go sit over there for a while, I'll just say, come here. And she'll hang her head down and she'll come and sit on my lap and I'll just put my arms around her and I just let her tell me what's going on. Sometimes she'll start by tattling on her siblings. In fact, most of the time she does. But then if I listen long enough, she'll really tell me what's going on in her heart and often it has nothing to do with her siblings maybe it's a disappointment that she's had maybe 
it's something that she needs to confess to me. Maybe it's a struggle that she is having with one of her siblings, but just having that time, pulling her close, listening to her makes the world of difference. And I know that it can with your kids too. So I encourage you. I know I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be having a lot more time in with my kids instead of times out. And one thing I love about Carla is that I know she seeks God for the answers. Um, She doesn't think that all these great ideas just come from herself, although she's a wise, wise woman, but really she turns to God. And so the walk it out verse for today is Psalms 32.8. And it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And I love that because even as parents, even when we mess up, even when we aren't very calm, (laughs) when we have angry kids, we can turn to God. We can ask him for instruction. We can ask him to teach us in the way we should go when it comes to our kids. We can turn to God for counsel. And even when we mess up, we know that God's loving eye is on us. So I don't, so many times I'd I think of that, and if my house is a mess, if the laundry's piled up, if the kids are having a hard day, if I'm having a hard day, I remember God loves me just as much in these hard days as he does in days when I get everything right, which I usually don't get everything right, so I'm so glad God loves me all the same. So I just want to pray for us. God, I just thank you so much for friends like Carla. I thank you that you bring people alongside me that have been where I am, that are kind of going through the same struggles, even though we live states apart, even though we have different circumstances and different kids, we kind of have the same struggles. And I thank you that I can have a friend that I can turn to and ask questions of who helps to support um, the parents like I do, who also struggle with angry kids. And I thank you, Lord, for all those listeners out there that maybe they are ones that struggle. I thank you that when we turn to you, you will instruct us. You will teach us in the ways we can go and you will give us counsel. So I pray for all those out there that they will just pause and wherever they need help, that they will just turn to you. Lord, I just pray a blessing over Carla. I pray a blessing over her family, all that she's doing, her speaking, her traveling, her new book. I pray that you will bless all her efforts. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you, friend, so much for tuning into Walk It Out. I am so glad you're here, and I'm so glad that you're with me again celebrating my book, Calming Angry Kids. And I just want to take a moment and read the back to you. It says, Slam Doors, Hurting Hearts. How can you calm your child's anger in your own? Trisha Goyer knows what it's like to parent a child who has chronic anger. With biblical insight and gut-level truth, Trisha draws on her own experiences to help you. Focus on relationships over rules. Discern why your child is angry. Teach your child how to handle frustrations without outbursts. Understand what's going on in your child's brain. Control how you express your own anger and includes reflection questions and action steps. This practical and encouraging book focuses on how you can calm angry kids rather than ignore, discipline, or resent them. Learn from someone who knows the struggle of raising an angry child and the joy of finding hope again. And really, that is my desire for this book. I pray that everyone who needs hope will find it. Everyone who needs help will find it. Not that I have 
all answers, but I'm a mom in the trenches who is still dealing with angry kids. It's not like I wrote the book and all of a sudden my kids are perfect angels, but no, I'm living through it. And I just pray that you will be encouraged. As always, friends, I thank you for tuning in to Walk It Out. And also I want to thank my sponsor, who is a David C. Cook Publishing. They have published both my books, Walk It Out and Calming Angry Kids. And they write books that make a difference and share truth with the world. And also the proceeds from those books go to help spread the gospel in over 100 countries. So be sure to, da- to check out David C. Cook. Also, friends, if you want to ever connect with me, my website is just trishagoyer.com. You can always find me on social media at Instagram and Facebook and all the fun places at Trisha Goyer. So be sure to connect with me. I would love it. As always, I'm so glad you tuned in and may you be blessed. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship used with permission from Integrity Music.